You are now listening to The Oliver Manley Show. Okay, welcome to The Oliver Manley Show. I'm your host, Oliver Manley, and I'm here with the wonderful Talu Adeleye. It's such a pleasure to be with you. Um, for the people who haven't met you or, or know who you are, um, we met about a couple of weeks ago. You somehow found me through Google. Uh, she's hosting the 365 Reinvention Summit, and I had the honor and privilege of uh, contributing to it. And it's going to be happening July 14th and the 15th, and it's going to be filled with incredible speakers and leaders and teachers on different topics about career reinvention, which is something that we, we both have in common. Uh, Tolu is a coach, a consultant, someone who works with people and specializes in transition periods with careers, with business, as well as the beginnings, new careers, new businesses. And uh, she supports people also as a life coach. She is an author. She is an all-around, like, high-energy, very warm, very lovely soul. And I'm very excited to, to have you on. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you so much, Oliver. I'm so glad to be on your show. Thank you so much for the inspiring work you're doing with your show. Well, it's a, it's a true pleasure to meet somebody who is as committed to reinvention as you are. Yes, I'm, I, I'm really committed to reinvention because uh, on a personal basis, I've gone through so many. And uh, on a professional basis, I know what it means for clients, for individuals to go through reinvention. And many people get stuck in between. And it's not supposed to be that reinvention is actually meant to be an avenue for growth. So when people get stuck in the between, it's, uh, it's, it makes the, the whole process useless, sort of. And that's why I'm so passionate about enabling people to move from what they used to be to what they desire to be. <laughs> yeah, this, uh, it, it's, I think it's necessary for us to evolve as individuals, um, as we gain new experiences and expose ourselves to different information, different knowledge, different people, I think we start to reformulate uh, who we are and who we're becoming. And it's almost like just this whole idea of reinvention is acknowledging the fact that, hey, I am different now. My, you know, my desires, my dreams, my goals are allowed to change, are allowed to shift. And so that's why I really, I really commend you for what you're doing and for the summit that you are hosting because I think... Um, there's not necessarily enough people who are dedicated and focused on on the topic of reinvention. So thank you so much for for being a part of the conversation. Oh, thank you. I, I really enjoy, yes, I really enjoy being part of uh, any conversations that involve reinvention. <laughs> so um, I, I love, I would love to, because we, we've only had maybe a, a handful of conversations together, and a lot of it was about me because you 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 were having me coming on come on to the summit so now i get to turn the tables i get to ask you questions that's exciting <laughs> so i would love for you to share um just a little bit of an idea of how your day and your week actually looks like just so we can get a little sneak peek on um you know what kind of conversations are you in in what way are you supporting people how are you spending your time um, what do you do to cultivate your own, uh, you know, motivation and clarity and strength and and persistence and growth? And um, yeah, like what do you what do you do to enjoy your life? How does a day and a, and a week look like for you? Um, yeah, a, a typical day when I'm walking. 
is um, mostly trying to either create or foster what I've previously created. And um, creating means uh, it, could be, it could be either creating a new post, a new uh, article, it could be creating a new online course, or creating a new program like the 365 Reinvention Summit. So a uh, typical day focuses on one aspect of creation and not all days are, are equal, like you say. And another typical day may be just focused on marketing. So if, if I take the, the creating day, that's when I'm doing the creation, I'm in the mode to gather materials together, see where things fit together. Um, many times I look at all stuff I've done and then see which ways to improve them, which new, new niches, which new targets to put these materials into, or which new people I can bring into conversations to enable me uh, promote these things. So, so creation is, is, is like that. When it comes to marketing, marketing focused days, I try to see what I can do um, in form of uh, creating either a video or a blog post or uh, well, in the past, I used to do a podcast, <laughs> but maybe I'm going to repeat that. So uh, marketing involves that, trying to see which other avenues uh, can I do to promote what I have in existence or which other people can I partner with in order to form a solidified base. So uh, at this, this current phase of my life, I'm actually focused more on finding new partners because I've done a lot of uh, like silo things by myself, doing creations and putting them aside. But I desire to partner with people so that what I have created can actually go out better and uh, can go into to meet the needs of greater amounts of people and can be retargeted to to meet new people and new niches which I've not served previously. So that's what my typical uh, day 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 stroke environment looks like mm -hmm. these days. Yeah. So, so there's a couple things that I notice just from that. It's it seems like you have your day focused on one thing. Like one yeah, I, one I, day I, is just like you're you're creating and you're just on one mode. And then if you're marketing, you're focusing on the one mode, and you're not necessarily um, shifting gears unless unless I have that incorrect. Or are you? Uh, um, yeah, yes, yes. But it's it's not uh, uh, written in stone. At times, you find that there's some things you have to take action to. Yes. But like when I say it's a marketing day, like say eighty percent of the day is marketing, and maybe twenty percent can be other things. When uh, I say creation, eighty percent of the day is creation. And yeah, so the bulk. Yeah, yeah, yes. Okay, so. I I love it. And so, um, I like what you said about you you've been operating in a siloed way, and yeah. I think a lot of uh, the entrepreneurs, freelancers, solopreneurs, um, people who work from home feel that feel the same way. That's that's right. Um, the, the journey of uh, somebody, an entrepreneur is actually uh, interesting. You come up with this bright idea and you're on top of the world trying to make a difference and you think you are going to be the next um, like gigantic person. Uh, uh -huh. But then you, you realize that it's much more than that. Having an idea is just the beginning. And there are so many steps in the process. You have to uh, find a, a niche to put this idea into and see whether this idea is actually uh, profitable. 
and then you need to attract the kind of people that you know you might be able to work with. Mm. people and then so you have to put on a couple of hats you put on the creative hat you put on the marketing hats you put on the uh all the uh like you need to do some accounting you need to do some bookkeeping you need to yeah. keep files so uh it tends to then at some stage get overwhelming the process then you realize this this is not what i thought then maybe somebody comes to you and tells you that Maybe you should join up with other people. Many people are working home-based. So in many cities, we have uh, like environments where people working uh, in homes can go out maybe on a particular day of the week and meet up with other people. So they're not uh, just lonely there or uh, uh, drained away or not focusing on what they're supposed to do. So. And then you go into touch environments and join up with people and meet up with other people, talk. And then at times you go on, on social media and connect with people. And so um, the, the journey of the entrepreneur is, is evolving from start idea state to growth state to realizing that there's much more, much more. And at times you get to the stage when your business has grown up and then you uh, hire other people, have mm. virtual assist, assistants help you uh, do so many things that in, involve automation. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it, it's interesting the journey of the entrepreneur, yeah. but basically you have to get over the silo effect. It's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, I like that, the silo effect, because um, I think a lot of people feel very alone in the journey. And that, that feeling of being alone, it almost, it makes it so challenging when we see um just like we're dealing with our own crap all the time you know we're wearing all the, like you had you said like we're we're doing so many different aspects of the business we're wearing multiple hats and it That's can get right. very tiring very exhausting and uh, it just seems to me that it's very energizing to be around other people other uh, like-minded people which i think that's a huge benefit of of uh, people who have who have teams or are part of teams or work in a in, in a bigger organization that we don't necessarily get when we are uh, just starting out and maybe we're we're bootstrapping our businesses but i i would love for you to take us back to you know where where did this all start for you like what's your what's your story uh, my my story continues to evolve on a daily basis my story is a yeah lot what's your origin my, story <laughs> my origin story well i started off being a pharmacist and my home base is nigeria so you're a um, pharmacist that's right. <laughs> I started out because I grew up in a, in a family of pharmacists. My dad was a pharmacist. Yeah. So I, I took up the pharmacy pathway to start with. And I decided I liked uh, research. I liked finding new things. So I, I took up a, a, a master's degree and then went up to, to the university, started teaching pharmacy students. So I became a assistant professor mm. and I then we decided oh if you're going to be in the pathway you need to actually be qualified have a, a doctorate <laughs> so and then I went on to take a doctorate we left my uh, my family and I left and uh, went to England United Kingdom London I did uh, I took a PhD in uh, immunology a totally different field and I was interested so your PhD in, is in is in immunology that's like right. Vac like vaccines. That's right. Oh my God. God. What a different world. Okay. 
What a different world indeed, yes. I was interested in vaccines, that's a couple of the, the degree in immunology. And then uh, we did a couple of postdocs in England and we decided uh, things didn't seem to be working out well, especially on the side of my husband, we decided because of uh, ability to get work, we decided to immigrate and then we looked at the Canada advantage and we moved over to Canada as a family. Did you go straight to uh, to BC? No, no, and that's where my story of a Manitoba advantage came up. Oh, <laughs> oh, man- oh sorry, I thought you said Canada advantage, but Manitoba advantage. That's yeah. I'm yeah, not familiar yeah. with what that is. is. Was that like a a way to like a marketing campaign to recruit people to have people move to Manitoba at that time? That, or yes, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We went we went to the. Uh, Canadian Embassy in London, UK, and the, the guys there were showing us this pamphlet about Manitoba Advantage. I think they were basically trying to get people, like you say, get to, to come in there. So we took the, the, uh, <laughs> the Manitoba Advantage leave, and when we came, we went to Winnipeg, and that was quite an episode in our life. How cold was that? My goodness. Yes, very, very cold. And... <laughs> Compared to Nigeria? Yeah, yeah, compared to Nigeria, but we had, uh, after that, lived in England for eight years. So They have I mean, mild, kind of mild winters, right? But the, yes. not, not, not compared to the snow you'd get probably in Winnipeg. That's right, that's right. So, yeah, it was quite different uh, from England, and we're quite, we're very different from Nigeria, so it was like a progressive shift. So did it you, was did, very Did you have cool. any, like, um, like kind of culture shock like moving to England and then moving to Canada was there did you have like obstacles in you know in because that's the challenge with reinvention for most people right like reinvention doesn't always look like career it might mean moving to another country it might be um, a new relationship being with someone new it might be blending families it might uh, it looks so many in so many different ways but there's always you know those transition those transitional points there's always the the wake up call of like oh my gosh i don't know what i'm doing like i don't know what's going to happen next I, I don't even know how to survive this situation i've never been in this situation did anything like that come up for you uh as you were moving country to country oh, oh yes there are lots of them i'll tell you one funny one <laughs> see, when we first went to england you know a, a typical person i'll tell you one from my workplace uh, I, I was working in this, it's the Medicare Research Council, it's a big institute in London, England. And there was this big professor who's been me like zillions of years on the job. <laughs> he was retired, came back. So like he was in our lab. And then in my culture, when you see somebody that that's like in the elderly position, you, you definitely have to go in and say hello every morning, <laughs> greet team and say hello. Mm. Like it's cultural. I will go. Then I went to this guy's lab one day and uh, to his office and said, good morning, doctor. I forgot what his name is. Nice many years. And he just looked at me this way. He just said, who has time for good morning? Say anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're just... You're you're just <laughs> greeting somebody. You're 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 like a colleague in the lab, and you're just being very polite, saying good That's morning, right. and he gives That's you a puzzled right. look, saying, That's right. "Who has times for good mornings?" That's right. Exactly. 
I was shocked. You know, I was that was one of the shocked, very first good shots of my life in England. I thought, what am I doing wrong here? You know. <laughs> Well, over the course of time, you know, like you said, that, that was a shock in the reinvention. You get that shock, then you adapt, and then you move on. Yes. I, I realized that's the culture there. Sarcastic, just, right? That's right, yeah. You're very and sarcastic the, there. That's right. You, you just see each other and then you give it like a, a false smile and then go away. <laughs> <laughs> and what about in Canada? Um, in Canada, yeah, they 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 kind of managed to advantage cold was uh, huge. Yeah, the weather was a big cultural shock for us. You no, know? mm. the fact that you you just uh, can't go out of the, your house without, uh, especially we got there in July, and so we ex- went from July to February before we moved to BC. So we were in there in, in the heat of the July sun, mosquitoes, and then the peak of the winter, February, January, February. You fall, I don't know, we just didn't know how to walk. Everybody was knowing how to walk on the snow. You, we had many falls on the ground. <laughs> you try to walk on your, on, your, on your sidewalk and you're falling down so many times, you know. And then you oh go back ever home, take a cup of uh, or chocolate or tea, and then decide I'm not ever going going out again. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about siloed, right? That's the real silo effect. That's right. Then you realize now you, you need to go out. Everybody here is going out. They just oh, find yeah. a way to to do it. Yeah. So you, were you still in the same field in Manitoba? Sorry, I you, didn't hear that. You were still in the same field, right? Yeah, so um, I, we came into Manitoba. We thought we were like uh, there was lots of opportunities there, and um, we realized that you you can't actually get job until you get to Canada as an immigrant. You, as a landed immigrant, you have to get in land before you can apply to any. So we started applying back and forth, and that was. Maybe that was an advantage indeed because we saw that we were in the middle of Canada. So if we got a job on the east, we moved to Toronto. We go on the west. Whoever got Did you a have job. kids at that time? Yes, uh, we came in with uh, three kids. I have three oh, kids. How old were yeah. they? <laughs> yes. Sorry? How old were they? Um, when we moved from London to Canada, they were, was it 19? And our daughter, the youngest, was just. Over one year, it was she was fourteen months then. So nine, uh, eight, nine, ten. I can't remember. There were two sons. I think I got nine, ten, and then uh, fourteen month old. Yeah. So you know, the, the, the of- older I get, um, the more intense appreciation I have for people who immigrate to any country, let alone just move to Canada. I I think it's incredibly courageous to leave behind what you know and, and, you know, family and friends and culture and, you know, social norms and all this stuff and then go somewhere completely new with no idea what to expect and then nothing but unknown challenges lie ahead of you. Like, I think that is so freaking courageous. Yeah, yeah. Did you think of it that way? Did you think of it that Um, way at the time? No, no, no. That it was courageous? You you wouldn't think of what we I mean somebody trying to live a, no and not in your own worldview at the time you 
you say that place where you are wasn't meeting your needs and then trying to come over to the place that it's like going over to the greener pastures. Yeah, the opportunity, <laughs> right? The opportunity yeah. outweighed yes. the, the, the fear yes. of, okay. Yeah, so you, you look more, more towards getting there rather than thinking of what you're leaving behind, you know. You know, your, your head is just woven around the concept of, I'm going to go over to that place and I'm going to have more opportunities. So it's when you get in there that, that you realize how many things do you have to adjust to <laughs> in order to actually enjoy or to take a hold of that green, green pasture that you had envisaged when you left. Yeah. Isn't, that such a, isn't that such like the perfect analogy, probably, mm-hmm. you know, with the, with the clients that you work with and that you that you consult because um, you're, you're aiming for greener pastures. Right. So that, that's right. That, and um, where you are, it's not getting you're not getting the needs that you want. But let's that's say right. you are in a career, you are in a situation where your needs aren't fully met, but it's not mm-hmm. kind of bad enough. Right. Like it's not mm-hmm. you're not fully satisfied but you're kind of succeeding, right? Like mm-hmm. you've climbed the ladder maybe uh, in, in the job and you're doing well enough to, to have the house that you want, the car that you want. But there's that there's the idea of something so much brighter for you, so much more potential, so much more possibility in terms of your life's work, in terms of your life's purpose. But I think that when, for me at least, my opinion or my experience is when, as we get older, it's, it's almost more challenging to leave that behind for the risk of oh well i don't know what's going to happen but i know that this is a bigger opportunity for me well i don't know how, how do you see that what's your observation around that uh, yeah so um i think the, the scenario trying to describe is more of somebody who had to reinvent themselves like in proactive reinvention not forced upon you. No, there are some that are forced upon you because of, but when you're thinking of proactive, you're saying, okay, I want to get better. I, what I have is good, but I want to make it better. Yes. Uh, no, so you're risking living the good, not knowing what that better is going to be like. Yes. So that is, yeah, it's a different kind of scenario than somebody who is forced upon. Yeah, so in, in that kind of scenario, when you're, like risking, you have to um, have an, an idea of an ideal future. Mm. So trying to envisage, envision an ideal future in which the, the new, your new state is going to meet you will help you in formulating a plan goal. So if you're in this career and it's still working out good, and then you envisage what a newer career will going to be, what you look at the benefits, those new career or those new position in that new business model, that new leadership position is going to give you. So envisioning, it's a, the power of vision is very great. I always try and use that with clients, with individuals in my books. The power of vision, before you move on from one stage, You there? What is going to involve? But if you have envisioned what's going to be like, the power of that vision can keep you propelled and say, I'm going to take the next action. That's where I'm going to be. So power of vision is important in, in reinvention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what, what brought you to BC? 
Uh, okay, so it's, it's my continuing reinvention. Yeah, yeah, because these these are all lots of reinventions that are that happened in your story. Yeah. So it sounds like very early on in your life, it was constant evolution, like letting That's things right. go, leaving things behind, taking on something new. Letting things go, yeah. leaving things behind, taking on something new. So yeah, so what what, what happened is that we we had that Manitoba advantage for six months and and. Uh, I applied to, uh, like I said, we were all applying, my husband and I. So I applied to this company. It's a biotechnology company in Victoria. Because they, they've moved now. Stress chain is the name. And I applied and uh, I got this job as a R&D scientist there. So uh, biotechnology, immunology, division we have was looking into vaccines for cancer. Um, I worked on a, on a prostate cancer project. So I was there, and uh, that's how I moved, well, my family moved to, to BC. Yeah. Mm. So it took a. How long ago was that? Oh, it's, um, it's been <laughs> many years now. Okay. <laughs> my, my kids are grown up now. And yeah, how long ago did we move to BC? About more than 20 years ago. So. Wow. And yes. so, so how did you go from biotechnology? Like, it sounds like you have a very scientific, research-based, yeah. analytic, uh, academic background. Yeah. And then now you're helping, like, you're, you're on the people side of things. That's right. right? Yeah, like, you're, so you're working with people. You're, you're working with uh, something very different. That's right. How did that happen? That's- yeah, and that uh, I wouldn't say all the all previous reinventions were not, not great, but I would say when you want to like label it on on a cater of one to hundred, I would say that, that one was maybe the the greatest reinvention I had to take, and that was had more culture shocks than that one that, than what I'd say. So after five years on that job, well, before I got the five year. My dad died. My dad was like my dad was a pharmacist, and he had changed from being a pharmacist in his later years. He had gone into ministry. He became a pastor. Oh. In yeah, so he wow. was there. So my dad died just about at the tip of the five year, and many other things prompted me. It's a long story. I wrote that in one of my books, Tasting Through Change. When it prompted me into the pathway, I actually went into. Uh, went back to school here. I went to Trinity Western University. I uh, took a, started taking a course towards going into uh, ministry, pastoral ministry. I took that course in Christian education for one year. And through the process of going through that course, I'm through the work process of volunteering in, in my local church, I became more and more aware of uh, where this shift was taking me. Hmm. So it's a, it's a gradual process of reinvention. I did a couple of things there on my church, and I decided I'm going to go into the world of coaching. So that was my <laughs> my shift from ministry to reinvention. And that that coaching world is where I am at the moment. <laughs> so that, so your, your father's path was, yes. part of, was part of the catalyst of you eventually becoming a coach. It sounds like. Um, yeah, yeah. If, if we had to say so, that, that's a, yeah, a, a big summary. Yeah, yeah. like I said, it's a big process. I want, if I'm to share one of the culture shots of, of what I experienced, 
experiencing that to show you that I didn't plan that. It wasn't a, a plan. It wasn't a proactive reinvention. It was uh, like a, a destiny. Like I had to go through that. Sounds like it. Many, yeah, many things in my life were just not working well until I actually took that path. And then there was a release. I had freedom. And then after going through that, I, I, I had clarity on the pathway of going into coaching. Incredible. So that's, it was a, a, like like a pathway for me to go into what uh, I'm not doing at the moment. <laughs> what role What role has spirituality had in your life? Or yes, a relationship a with God, or yeah. Yes, yes, uh, and uh, I believe God has uh, designed some path pathways for each of us as individuals. And uh, my, the role hit, my faith in God uh, prompted me a lot. I wouldn't have gone back to ministry if I, I didn't have a, a strong faith that what I was doing was, was, was correct at that time because it was uh, uh, a, a big turnaround in terms of like I was earning a big money. I was like I was going to find the cure for cancer. <laughs> yeah, I saw you were yeah you were a cancer researcher on your LinkedIn. That's right. I was that's like, that's right. that's fascinating. Wow. That's right. Yeah. So, but then uh, from cancer researcher to trying to help people, it's like a big shift, and uh, not just a big shift in 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 name, but all the things you have to go through. Now, this is a, a new set of people you are working with. You know, when I was in the cancer research world, when you are in the academic, when you go in, into, you do a project and you write a paper and you go to a conference and present it to people, get ready for everybody to know you down to the last bit, like your head is on, on for grabs. Uh, because everybody will question you and say, why did you do that? Then I'm shifting to this new profession where everybody's it's very respectful. I went to a conference in ministry and everybody was, they were really listening, very attentive. And at the end of the conference, I was so sad because wow. I said, what, what did I do wrong? Nobody's pulling my head down, you know, <laughs> and nobody's asking me questions. But I thought that then... Like interrogating you. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that this is a different people culture. If people respect other people. It's not like they didn't respect other people in yeah. the other. But that, that's the way they show their respect is to ask questions that provoke you on what you have done. But mm -hmm. yeah, you, have very, yeah. you have to defend. You have to defend your yourself. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Whereas, so, so it sounds like over here you had a... Um, would it be fair to say that you had like a... That that experience was very... Was nourishing in a way or it was... It was... Liber uh, you mean going through that pathway... Uh, we are, you know, like, uh, like the ministry conference. Um, it was it was uh, eye opening, and it was eye opening to know that this this new world. I mean, the people are different, the culture is different, yeah. and over the course of time, I got to understand the culture better, and that helped me when I came into my coaching business. It's uh, mm. uh, because in coaching, when I, I did some coaching certification, I went to coaching school. That the, the premise is that each person, each person is resourceful. Every human being is resourceful. Yes. And as a coach, what your job to do as a coach is to help them to find that resource in them to bring it out, bring it to the surface. Help to, like it's even in the scriptures that every person has is a, has a deep well of truth in them. But it's a work of a wise man. 
and that wise man is the coach to help them draw that mm. out bring it to the surface. So my work as a coach is to help people bring their resourcefulness out so that they can meet the challenges of the present day, whether they're trying to change their careers or whether they're trying to start a business or whether they're trying to change their leadership paradigms. I, as a coach, have to help them uh, bring it out, bring mm. it out. So that, that was good experience to shift me into the world of coaching. Yeah, no, that's No, that's absolutely beautiful. And I think that's a thing that a lot of us miss just be just being human beings we're naturally looking at um well i don't have if i had this money or if i had this time if i had more energy if i had more support if i had more help and it's always this it's all about a lack of resources and i think it was tony robbins who quoted who was quoted saying it's not a lack of resources that's the issue it's a lack of resourcefulness and i think i think that's very accurate to you know to because it's like you got you're the one that is a resource. Are you being resourceful enough? Are you utilizing yourself as a resource? Um, what? That's powerful. <laughs> was there a trigger? Was there a trigger that had you um, think that you needed to change? That you needed to change the careers and, and go on to this path? Was like? Was there like a breaking point or anything? It's a series of breaking points. <laughs> like like a I series. Said, first, <laughs> yeah, like the first was I. I had many uh, life-changing events happening. My, my dad passed away and the um, uh, uh, what I was doing um, in my company, I had to change from one department to the other. It seems like um, uh, I was being beaten here and there, left, right, and side, center. And so those things are like, like I wasn't, I, because typically I'm very tenacious. I kept saying, no, I, I can do this better. But there comes to the point of knowing that this tenacity is not going to take you anywhere. Something else was happening there because they were coming left, right, and center to me. And uh, things that were not happening well, so some things were also wrong in, in my family background. So um, then I had saw this clarity that pointed me into the pathways to, to, until, until my dad died and um, the job environment wasn't conducive anymore before I saw clarity towards uh, moving in into the going to that one year uh, uh, pastor school a Christian education school and and then volunteering then until I was able to see it clearly so like I said it was a series a series of events that pointed me in the path mm-hmm. to to where I am now do you think that um a lot of people, like the, like the people that you work with, do you notice that they, too, have uh, different signs, different signs that it's time for them to to move in a new direction? And um, that it's like you could continue the war, you know, working at that biotechnology company. You could um, right, do, more, do more research and write more papers and, like... It sounds like you were good at it. It sounds like you were doing well and you could have, you had maybe the next 20, 30 years of your life mapped out if you wanted to. That's right. But even though you could, doesn't mean you wanted to or your heart wanted to. I don't know. What, what do you see with the people that you work with? Yeah, there, there are warning signs. That's one of my favorite, one of my favorite articles. So warning signs that you need the career change. Huh. Warning signs. <laughs> 
warning signs that uh, your leadership paradigm is no longer working for you. Warning signs that your business model needs to be changed. Yeah. So what are some are warning signs? What are some warning signs? Now, now you have me intrigued. <laughs> what should yeah, we look well, out for? Oh, one instance that your career, you need the career, it depends on, on your situation. Let's take the career change. One instance that you need the career change is, you, number one is you, you don't like getting out of bed in the morning and the fear of going to work. You know, you think so much about going to that workplace and uh, it takes much more effort for you to that. And then another sign is that you get into there, you see your productivity is waning. It's um, you, what you used to be excited about spending time doing. You spend two hours doing what you should be doing for half an hour, you know. So your productivity is waning. And there are could be other warning signs, uh, apart from the negative ones. Warning, warning signs sort of in, indicate it's negative, but there could be optimistic ones. That, warning signs that each time you're thinking of, you're thinking of this particular uh, industry or that kind of a thing, it gets you excited, you get on the news, and you're always looking for the signs of this industry. And mm. in the news, maybe your shift is getting towards that industry. So that's I feel a couple of what that's just a couple of, there are many, many more. I forgot I wrote this long, long ago. Well, that's okay. But, well, uh, um, what do you say to people who, let's say, let's say like the, you know, dreading going to work, not wanting to get out of bed and, and being unproductive, right? Like taking two hours to do something that might only take half an hour if you were really focused. What do you say to people? Because I encounter this all the time. It's like, well, I could do more post. I could do more personal growth. I could, I could, I could do a better strategy, right? I, I could learn something new and maybe I'll be more productive. Maybe, you know, I, I could uh, get a new app. And it'll help me wake up earlier. Like people right, keep do, right. do, doing these kinds of things. And sometimes you can't yeah, personal so growth your way out of a lack of desire. Or a... So it, it looks like me to me, what you're talking about, people who are not actually attacking the problem at the root. They're ah. just trying to, they're not, they're not dealing with the root, root cause of the problem. They're just trying to put some superficial things to make it look good. And then... And they just keep going, going on round and round in circles. That's not going to get them anywhere. You need to get to the root of the problem and mm. see what, maybe work with a coach and say what exactly is responsible for this. Why, what, 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 I mean, what caused the shift from you spending half an hour in, on a job to, uh, to, to an, an hour on a task. So, uh, uh, like I say, a coach uh, can help you uh, along that sidelines and ask you some questions and one question can lead to the other open another pathway it could be something you did at work or it could be a new boss or it could be a new environment it could be it could be something at home it could be maybe the situation at home has changed or maybe you have more kids than you used to have and there's more responsibility there or it could be any other thing that maybe causing all this. So you need to have, to have a holistic uh, approach to it. Look through your whole life and see what may be causing all these changes and see where, which steps, which can help you shift from what it used to be. Some who are in that kind of environment, like that particular issue of less productivity, doesn't always have to be a career change. It could be something else they need to do to be more productive. But some who have more than a, a list 
a whole gazillion list of morning signs. Maybe they actually yeah. do need a career change. Yeah, it might not be just, hey, change it, you know, get a new job. You might be just as unproductive or it might not just be um, change your strategy or, you know, set alarms That's on your phone to wake up early or whatever it is. It might actually be um, something else, something else is happening right. at home, something that's going that's on right. with their health. Uh, maybe they're that's not right. sleeping enough. They're not enjoying their life enough. They're not taking enough vacation. So, I mean, it could be any number of things, and it's just expressing itself as uh, it takes me four times as long to do something. That's that's right. I'm I'm curious because of your background. What would you say are some uncommon commonalities between the work you do now and the work that you did before? Uncommon commonalities. <laughs> yeah. What are what are some unlikely things that that you wouldn't expect to be parallel? or analogous from being in the scientific research, you know, immunology, pharmacist, that world, and then the world of, you know, personal growth, personal transformation, career transition, um, you know, seeking your human potential. Like, how how do those two fields um, line up in a way that we might not expect? How do they, how are they parallel in a way that, that the normal, you know, regular person might not realize oh wow that's uh that's really cool that there you know there's some sort of similarities there that's right and i you got me that's a very good question that's really exciting i could find it i know nobody has asked me that before but since you asked me i had said it in other ways but the way you have phrased the question one thing was uh, that when i changed uh from being a pharmacist to immunology and the back or back one thing that i carried uh through was uh ability attention to detail you know in, in coaching we had this 365 degrees uh assessment and then you send it to all your people and you grab uh, for people to find your brand strengths and your themes so that you send it to people who you work with in your family so of like uncommon diverse background and when i was doing that you had to do yourself with yourself i, I came up I rated myself as thought, why I still have that attention to detail you know as a pharmacist you yeah. know you could one of the core things is that you, when you're dispensing, you shouldn't, you shouldn't like dispense one milligram over, especially for potent drug. You are done, done, done as a pharmacist if you mm-hmm. dispense the wrong dose of a potent drug. So there was real attention to detail that's in severe that. Severe consequences. That, that's right. That's right. It's carried over that attention to detail when I was doing my research. In fact, one of the reports, my director of research sent me, gave me was that I paid attention to details. So it, it carried over into the attention to detail. It came over that when I was doing coaching, uh, one of the things that my mental coach, when I did my certification, it was like I was very powerful about uh, being active, active listening. And that active listening, I saw it as a parallel to attention to details. Mm-hmm. You know, I could listen to somebody climb and pick up. I like doodling, so I'm writing all the points. And then I use those things and I rephrase them back to the, to the person in question. And that brings out, you know, they said it, they may just have said it, not knowing they said it. But when I rephrase it to them, they were, oh, so she's, the, my mental coach said, you are a very, very good active listener. So mm. attention to detail carried over into that 
The other thing that I saw carried over for my ability to connect to connect points. I was able yeah. to connect point. Um, like oh, you see, you see the you see the connections. You see the the dots connecting. You see what's how, right. how things associate with one another. That's that's right. That's right. Yeah. So that's one on common commonality uh, in 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 my old job and. Uh, my new ability to, to connect details because you you show when you're trying to write a, write a couple of books uh, uh, in the field of reinvention. So uh, I was able to connect some points from one to the other to see what this this happened there and this happened now. What could all this be bringing out? And one that's one of the key points when in my coaching pro, uh, coaching. Uh, programs. I, I like the aspect of smart stories, the fact that you can look at what you did in the past and see a common thread in there. Like when you're trying to draw somebody's purpose out, you say, oh, you did this as a, as a, coach, a soccer coach, and you did this as a, a tech executive. Mm. What, what are the thing, common themes in it? So yes. ability to connect points, ability to connect points and attention to details are those on common commonalities. Love it. Yes. <laughs> um, so you've been doing this for many, many years, and you've worked with a variety of people. What are some, what are some themes that continually show up in terms of what's missing for people in their lives and in their careers? What are what are the things that you're noticing? Um, you know, like. <laughs> What's the climate out there? Are people hopeful, fearful, excited, surviving, um, mediocre? Are they, you know, what are, what, are, what are people complaining about? What are, what are the issues that you see over and over and over again? Um, uh, well, I like um, people going through reinvention, but I also particularly like uh, helping to to make somebody go from good to great. Uh -huh. And um, when it comes from making people go from good to great, um, many people are uh, sort of limited in, they sort of have a, a blind spot in, in their potential to, their, to their, what they could do with, with the whole uh, paradigm of assets they have in terms of strengths. Uh, purpose and so so I particularly like drawing out oh you did that you did that here and you did that do you know you, you could use this to do that so why is in in that sort of scenario not people not knowing what their hidden potentials are that they could actually be great if they could use this other potential to meet this need so mm. the blind spot the blind spot in 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 people not knowing so we, so we always so we all have blind spots especially right. especially so in your profession you're seeing that a lot of people have blind spots in terms of their own potential like some That's people right. they, they don't even see it they might i think we might feel it i think a lot of us feel and probably wake up feeling there's more in me like there's more i can do more i can give more i can be um but yeah maybe we don't see it That's right That's right. Is there any um do you have any stories of of a client? I mean, you don't have to name names, but that that really illustrates this, like something that they didn't see, and then you help them finally see, 
and then they execute uh, it? Uh, okay. well, what comes to mind may not be, well, I'll just say this individual, she's a very good lady and she's good at what she does. And she has a finance background and now she's into helping people. Uh, uh, she's a business strategist. So over the course of our conversation, I helped her see that you do know that this finance background that you have can be used as a, was in business world, they say USP, unique selling proposition in your clients. So, and then she saw it. I said, no, you know, all these packages of business strategy coaching you have, they're great. But if you could just do, add this one or use it as a, a fulcrum to, to describe what you do, not so many people have it. And you have it. Mm. <laughs> it, could, it could be a differentiation between you and your, the other people in your, your the other business strategies in your niche. Oh. And I like the, the power of uh, the eye opening that this person saw that, oh, that is powerful. I could take it on. I use it to describe my services better. Uh, because the, the problem that she was solving with this finance aspect, not so many other people can solve it. She, she was able to solve in, in a finance background. She could use this to help people uh, do cash flow in their business. Mm. Now, many, many entrepreneurs have cash flow, just like a, a normal individual has problems with cash flow. You know, people go to financial strategies and they say, okay, can you help me with that? But many business owners have this problem, even though they don't say they have it. But it's one of the things that's helping, that's drawing them back. So I help her to say, if you can use it for ad pay to add it on or use it even as a fulcrum to describe your services, you, many entrepreneurs, you can attract many more entrepreneurs mm. to your Yes. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, like as you're saying that, I'm I'm thinking about myself and my background and the different, you know, the different experiences that I've had and how that could play into what my USP is. So just you yes. saying that, I'm just like, well, um, I used to be, you know, one of my first jobs was in recruiting. So okay. I was like a recruiter. I've hired thousands of people for major companies. Okay. Um, and I've, ha I've ha that requires deep interviewing and questioning and analysis and, and really seeing through people in a way to be able to see like, are you a good fit for these, these companies? And then, you know, I got into the real estate world. So dealing a lot with investments and big assets, big ticket purchases and managing properties and disaster situations with tenants and things like that. Um, mm -hmm. I'm a yoga teacher. So I see a lot with, you know, the physical body and what people are capable of that they don't know that, that they're capable of and the, the, you know, the, the mental health benefits that happen from just a physical practice and the mindfulness that occurs and then coaching, right? The personal growth and transformation and the reinvention. And I think, you know, all those, they might seem disjointed, but mm. I think from what, I, what I'm um, kind of reaffirming based on what you say, like there are dots that connect them all. That's right. And there are themes that... that connect it all and they all mm. might even have a huge um, impact if I use it as part of, you know, how I present the work that I do. That's right. So thank you right. for that. Thank you for that. Oh, I'm glad you saw that. And I will look out for you. Oh, 
<laughs> I will talk for you on that aspect. Yeah, in fact, my patentable leadership platform, which I, I'm going to pick up a, a bit after this, is to help people connect dots. I say, take you have constructs. It's about take time, a molecular. You have these unique fragments. You you have all here and there. If you piece them A, B, C, D, you get one thing. But if if you piece them C, D, a, C, you get another thing. So how to help people see different ways they can mm, combine them yeah. and then get something unique and move forward. <laughs> Are, have there been any um, like challenges that you've faced recently that you've overcome? Like adverse, uh, adversities of your own that you've, that you've broken through recently? Um, any notable like, ones? Any notable adversity yeah, that you're willing to share, willing to talk about? Yes, uh, I, I was. Just, uh, I had to put that question back to myself to try and think of which one would be more, because I have a couple. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, we all do, and I think there, you know the whole siloed, uh, the silo effect. We, as entrepreneurs, we and high achievers, we go through periods of. I mean, I know I do go through periods of doubt and anxiety and fear and. An instability, having volatile income, uh, and you know, not knowing who, who the next client's going to be, and we look out there at the world online, on social media, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and all this stuff, and it seems like everybody's winning except for us sometimes. And so, mm-hmm. you know, that that um, I, I invite you to share about your experiences because I think what that does is for the people who are listening helps us all realize that everyone really does have challenges. You know, it's okay. not, it's not just me. There's nothing wrong with me. Um, we're all on a, on a different journey, but we, in the journey, we all have some sort of obstacle or adversity that we, that we have to face. That's, and that's very correct. Yeah. The, the, the power of knowing that you're not alone in your struggles is, is great. I'll tell that this, this is the one I'll share. I'll share about how I discovered the dif- difference, the great difference between reinvention coach and reinvention strategies. And this is an uh, um, adversity way to reinvention, adversity had to overcome. Now, before I launched our 365 Reinvention Summit, though I, I had the idea in April, I was in a place in my business where I had, the, the silo effect was really there. I had done many things in the past. There were just pockets of things here and there. And I saw, I couldn't actually go forward and launch them because I had taken some time off. I was away, there was the time I was sick, and then there was the time uh, I had to take time off from my business just to focus on my personal health and the needs of my family. And so when I came back and I had all these things, I wanted to launch that. I didn't have an email list, okay, and many things, many people in the industry say find partners and one way virtual summit was being promoted very much. So I said, okay, why didn't I try this? So I decided to try the virtual summit pathway. And wow, how, how much has changed since I started this from April to, to now. The, not the that long ago. <laughs> in, in three months, the summit goes live on Monday and Tuesday, July 15th and 16th. 15th and 16th, first, that's right. Yeah, the process of me, the host of the summit, going, I have gone through so many. So I decided I'm going to have a revenge summit. So I put it out and uh, I went through the whole process of how do you get speakers on the summit? 
the first thing is Google. I listen to all the talks by Bachelor gurus. Go to podcasters. Go to go to uh, speakers who have done that. So I first went Google and I Google all reinvention and I met this dear nice lady in the U.S. She has this reinvention. Uh, uh, you know. I will say, I don't want to mention the name. She has this reinvention organization company. So among all the people I invited, I did invite her. And then she replied me and said, oh, she doesn't do virtual summits. That was easy. Well, then she went on and said, uh, why did I put reinvention coach on my LinkedIn profile? And I said, well, what's wrong with that? And well, the long and short is that uh -huh. I went to the United States Patent and Trademark Office database, USPTO, and there she was. She has trademarked the name Reinvention Coach. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so nobody else can use Reinvention Coach. as a, So I had to redo <laughs> one. <laughs> redo my LinkedIn profile, which I had How did that affect you when you saw that, when you heard that? <laughs> I thought, well, I'm just trying to reinvent myself. <laughs> now I find someone who's an invention Yeah, coach. yeah, right. <laughs> and I can't use a name. So, <laughs> so that was that was how I know that I shouldn't use reinvention coach. At least not it. She has the, the, the trademark in the U.S. I'm technically in Canada, but they're together. And I decided to have another name. But, you know, that process was... A big one for me because then I had to rework my LinkedIn profile, which I hadn't taught. You know, before I started approaching people, which was not the best way. When you are trying to do something, you change your profile to meet the needs. So my profile was still back in, in maybe two years back, which I hadn't changed. So I had to go back and do what I normally advise my clients to do, yeah. change my LinkedIn profile to meet my new identity or the new identity I'm trying to portray. So That's right. I, profile. I put host of 365 reinvention summit and I didn't come up with 365. It was when she had, she, we went, I went through this blip with her that I decided that, okay, what can I do that can make what I'm trying to do different from sober, everybody else, you know, as business owners, we advise people taking what you are naming your business, go through the database, trademark database to make sure what you're naming your business doesn't sound like somebody else's name. So I decided to go to the USPTO and look at the name reinvention. My, Oliver, do you know how many reinvention things I don't, is? I don't. <laughs> I'm going to look now. I'm going to look it up. Oh, my God. Even a, a, a car. That was a car product that had reinvention named it. So anyway, so I said, how can I differentiate from my, myself from all these people? And then uh, as, as a stroke of uh, thinking, I said, well, I have a registered trademark for my pro previous product, Strength to Deliver. My book is Strength to Deliver. I registered the trademark. I tried to do some coaching around it. And then so I went in back. I said, I'm just curious. Let me see whether I have other people there to have strength. And there it was. I saw my name was there, strength to deliver. There were only two people with strength to deliver. And, the, and guess who the second person was? It was a big U.S. corporation. <laughs> <laughs> 
and well, they obviously didn't use the word because I think I registered mine before they did. But what they had done was to put in a phrase, they put it in a phrase, it's in a tagline. They mm. said something like power to build, I can't remember, power to build, strength, strength to, to deliver. deliver. Oh, and they said, oh, yeah, I can do that. I can find something that rhymes strength to deliver and use it in my reinvention summit. So, and the concept of strength to deliver has come in the past to me that I want to use it to help people all, all year round or all the way around. And then I woke up one day, like a, a light just came up onto my head. Why don't you call it 365? Because that's all year round. All, so every day, I, yeah. I, I named the summit 365 Reinvention Summit, and then I used the tagline, acquire the strength to deliver your reinvention dreams all year round. I love so, it. <laughs> so that, that sort of adversity, that, that um, not, it wasn't really an adversity, but it was a confrontation, a challenge that I faced along the way. Yeah. Uh, actually helped me in dealing, like knowing what exactly what I wanted to do with the summit, what I wanted to call it, what the tagline is, what my goal will be along mm -hmm. it. So, yeah, it's, that, it's so important because, no, absolutely, because, I mean, it really demonstrates the fact that these you know, some of these roadblocks, they're not really roadblocks. They're the thing that's here to sharpen us. That's right. right? That's to sharpen right. our thinking, to sharpen our approach, to sharpen our message. And um, I like what you said that you had to, you know, part of reinvention is shifting, um, you know, changing your LinkedIn profile and how you yes. want to promote yourself. And a lot of that is changing the conversation around you. Right? If, right. if people think of you in one way and this is how they're associated, uh, this is what you're associated with, uh, you need to be able to shift that, shift that to where you want it to go, where you want it that's to be. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so I, I have a few more questions before we, before we take off. And I want to, I want you to, if you could share with us um, the drive, the drive behind 365 Reinvention Summit. Like what's the, what's the purpose What's the end result that you are aiming for? What's the, what's the ideal outcome from it? Um, the ideal outcome. Um, that's a good question. Um, and um, I want to emphasize that in, in my work, I, I especially, I, which is always good, you envision, like I said, I was set a vision for something. What I envision. But um, I, I always find that many times in my own experience, what I pick up along the journey <laughs> is even more powerful <laughs> than the outcome. So I'm yes, always, that. always. <laughs> yeah, which which is uh, really powerful. That the the process of going through the journey. Many of times we just want to get there, get there, but we shouldn't forget what we're picking up. They are always very powerful to build our character, to build our brand, to build what we are becoming. Okay. So the uh, the outcome was to be, uh, have uh, um, an event where people from different aspects of reinvention. You know, when you go to virtual summits, uh, um, um, gurus, and I've listened to a couple, they tell you to niche it down. I broke down all the, when I broke that particular rule of virtual summits, that summit 365 reinvention is not niched down at all. It is, uh, because when you niche it down, then you can attract lots of people here and there and get, but I know that wasn't my goal. So I wasn't, so my goal was to actually have 
that broad topic of reinvention uh, discussed from various angles, whether career yes. or business or leadership. Yes. And uh, yeah, so that's the greatest outcome I wanted. So that if you're looking to reinvent your career, you have experts talking about that. And if you have somebody, you want to reinvent your leadership, you know, something is not working out well in how you post yourself. You have people talking about that. And if you, you have a, a, an aspect of your life, I didn't, I don't have too many people have somebody talking about divorce, like divorce is a big traumatous change. That's uh, a lady talking on that. So, uh, yeah. and then there are people talking on branding too, general branding. There's a lady who does branding for people, innovation tools, all right? So that's was my goal. And uh, I was looking at for many more speakers, but I think they, the, the, uh, we have uh, 13 now that have, it's focused on that. And uh, the major goal is that the, all the topics are covered, well, at least by one individual. Mm. There are more than people, more than one talking about each of the categories. So, and um, people want to reinvent any of this aspect. After listening to the talks, they can approach the, the expert and get more about their services, work along with them, or you know, or they can come to me, ask questions to, they can come to Oliver, who has a talk there about reinventing yourself and your reality. So you know, I, I think the goal I set out to achieve, uh, 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 well, it's, it's coming up next week, will be achieved. Mm -hmm. Many others were achieved along the way, but they, they, that was the main goal, to have a broad, around all types of reinventions. Who is it for? Who would you say it's for? For the people who are listening right now, how how do they know that uh, it's for them? Okay, if you're thinking of uh, any reinventing an aspect of your career, it could be um, where you're working or your industry, or if you if you move from there's a lady actually talking to, about immigrants. If you move from abroad, like I did long ago, and you're finding it difficult to get a job, so career invention, mid career people, it's for entrepreneurs in their mid career too, who maybe they started the business, they're trying to reinvent the model, or the two the people talk like Oliver talked about. And another, uh, and we talk about when you started off your business, you had this goal, but maybe along the way, you had let the goal fall by the wayside because you became too busy. So reinventing your leadership, those are people. Mm. So it's for people like in entrepreneurs who want to reinvent aspect of their self in order to meet the, the goals of their business. So it's because your business is not just set out to make you money. At times you have the money, but you're still not fulfilled. So. So if people want to invent their leadership, their career, their business model, or branding, I'm talking about branding. So if people want to rebrand themselves. Uh, that's my, like, I love, love talking about branding, making you go from good to great. You have all these things started from your past. How can you piece them together to go forward with a bigger brand that will serve you in your new circumstances? Mm -hmm. Because we are moving from one, one old life to another. So it's for mid-career people, entrepreneurs in their mid-careers who want to have an aspect of reinvention in mm. their, in their I love, business. I love it because there's so many different there's so many different angles 
that you cover. Um, and I think there's so many people who are maybe have multiple of those happening at the same time. Exactly. Like it's, it's not, right. Life is never as simple as, well, I just, I'm just changing careers. Like, well, along with that, there's so many other things happening. Yes. Right? It's, yes. It's, it's like yes. your, your confidence level, your leadership abilities, your productivity, your branding, your messaging, um, your promotion, like there's so much. So, uh, so I'm, it's, it's so cool that you are, um, you're, you're making it accessible for so many of us to be able to access the, this knowledge and this information. I'm glad, and uh, um, I'm, I'm glad people will come and uh, take a bit of what they need. Yeah, and tell us, how do we sign up? How do we sign up? How do we join? And Okay, so um, you go to 365reinventionsummit.com and you have all the details there. Once you sign up, you get a, a, a ticket to, for all the talks. You can choose all your talks or you can choose the specific ones and you have access uh, when the summit is live on July 15th and 16th to watch all the talks. But after the summit, uh, if you purchase an all access pass, which you can purchase now for $27 before the summit starts, and during the life of the summit, you purchase for $27, then you have access to all the summit recordings. Afterwards. Um, to listen to afterwards, yes. Mm. So after the all the access summit, gives you access to all of it and recorded afterwards. That's right. But after the summit, the, the, the price for the all assets pass goes up to $47. So if you're thinking of signing up, you sign up now. Because uh, on the 17th, the price will shoot up to $47. Mm-hmm. That's such a um, that's such a reasonable uh, like investment for what yes, for what you're is. gonna get. You know, like that's the cost of a book or a hardcover book. Like that's and, yeah, and you're, yeah. And you're getting access to so many different minds and so many different uh, experiences and different insights. Huge. That, that's, that's correct. That's correct. And your ability to go back and listen to them, and uh, they might even have. I don't know, maybe somebody has a, a free link on their site. You can get more materials to work mm-hmm. with too. So. so after having um, done, you know, d- done the work and met with all the people and done the recordings and things like that, uh, what do you expect that we will get as students of the summit? Like what, what, uh, yeah. what, what do you think we're, we're going to get? What are we going to expect? Well, you get, you get equipped to for your reinvention needs. So if you're thinking of reinventing your career, um, listen to this talk from uh, somebody who was uh, a broker and now she's a coach. I mean, um, those are empowering enough. You know, the, you, you get empowered to know that what you're trying to do is not out of this world, that it's possible. And you get practical tips, actionable strategies for doing them. And if you need um, more more help along the way, you you know who to refer yourself to uh, to get more help. So get this basic actionable strategies to reinvent your career, to reinvent your self leadership, to reinvent your business model, or to reinvent your executive brand, mm. uh, to reinvent your life after divorce or after a life changing event. And uh, you get testimonies like of people who have done it, which empowers you. And you know how to do it, the basic steps to start with. And if you get um, want to work more with somebody to do it, you know who to refer yourself to. So that that's the what you get from the summit. <laughs> oh, I love it! Incredible! I'm so so excited for you. Oh, I'm so excited about Congratulations. it. Congratulations! 
Oh, thank you. So much work and, and so, much so much fun. Thank you for coming too. Yeah, and <laughs> for, for sharing about reinventing yourself and your reality in, in the summit. That's Oliver's talk. And uh, I look forward to people signing up for your talk and get, getting to know more how about they can reinvent their self, their self leadership and their reality. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, like it was tr a true joy to be able to contribute. I can't wait. Um, for when it's you know when it's when it's when it goes live, you are such a generous human being, and oh, even like oh, thank you, the, you know your email and even in the first conversation, I can tell like how vibrant you are, how alive you are, how you know how committed you are to really you know adding as much value as you can to people in, in terms of you know be, being able to walk with us walk with us on this path that you know it, it's very tumultuous and it's not you know it's, it's not very clear sometimes when we want to reinvent ourselves sometimes we can't see uh very clearly and so it's so it's so cool and it's so um inspiring that you put this together and you put so many different different human beings together to collaborate and connect and uh you know ultimately you know have people be able to expose themselves to different ideas different tools different uh, actionable steps so that we can all kind of na navigate navigate this very ne ne uh, necessary chapter you know for in our, all of our lives which is like ending one chapter or start and starting another one so thank you so much for doing that can you tell us where everyone can find you and uh, the link again for everybody to sign up and 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 where, where to follow you on social media okay um you can find me on social media, uh, on LinkedIn, um, Google, um, Dr. Tulu Adele. You have to put the DR, you find me on LinkedIn as Dr. Tulu Adele. On Twitter, you find me as Wholesome Career, Wholesome Career. And um, where else? On Facebook, you find me as myself, Tulu Adele, and uh, through my company name, Wholesome Career Living. And my first set of products in publishing are, are on my website at strengthtodeliver.com. That's strengthtodeliver.com. So um, those are places where you can find me. And of course, the summit is on 365reinventionsummit.com. 365reinventionsummit.com is where you find the summit. Do go there, get your ticket. It's free while the live summit is on and get equipped to reinvent your career, leadership, or business. <laughs> Dr. Tolu Adele, thank you so much. What a pleasure to have you on. So excited about the, sum the 365 Reinvention Summit. Uh, so grateful that I got to be a part of it and, and grateful that you came onto the show. Um, so thank you so much so, uh, for having me, Oliver. Thank you so much. We have had a great conversation. I, I enjoyed every bit of it and uh, I look forward to uh, working with you in the future and uh, thank you for having me speak to your audience and thank you everybody to, for listening to me. <laughs> hey guys, it's Oliver again. Before you take off, make sure to hit up 365reinventionsummit.com to get your pass. As well, you can get your all-access pass for $47. It'll give you access to the recording. My class, which is Reinventing Your Relationship with Yourself and Your Reality, will be happening on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. That's July 15th, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to check out 365 Reinvention Summit. Lots of great speakers, great teachers. And check out the work of Dr. Tolu Adeleye. Such, such a pleasure to have you on the show and I'm so, so excited about what is going to be created in terms of the impact 
and insight and clarity and guidance and direction for the people who attend the summit. Again, guys, 365reinventionsummits.com. So, so grateful to have you tune into the show today. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.